0: Welcome to the Black and Mindfully Unbothered Podcast with Dion Christopher, a podcast that offers a blend of news, wellness, and a slight kiki from time to time. I am your host, Dion Christopher, so let's get into it. Wow, so it has been a long time since I've actually sat down to record a podcast, and I am excited to do this all over again. It is something that Again, I think when I first talked to you all that I've always wanted to do. I love news. I love journalism. I went to school thinking I was going to sit behind the desk of somebody's, you know, news station, preferably Channel 2 Action News back home in Atlanta. Shout out to Channel 2. Um, but no, seriously, I need to do better. It's been a heck of a 2022 In good ways, bad ways, and all the ways that, you know, it could be humanly possible because, hey, that's what happens, right, to humans. Things happen to us. So, you know, I'm just, again, happy to be with you all. So where have I been, really? You know, like any and everything else that I take on, recording a podcast creates commitment issues simply because you have to plan it out. You have to have the proper environment if you don't hear the noise going on in the background right now, and I'll get into that shortly. But yeah, it's it requires a lot of sitting down and actually planning. You don't just jump behind a device and start recording. Maybe some people do, but that's not my style. That's not my brand. And um, I'm just always the type that has to plan things out. And so committing to the idea of doing so weekly, it causes anxiety um, amongst, you know, when I think about doing this amongst all the other things that I have been going on. Um, so yeah, it's just been that that type of situation that has not allowed me to really commit to this, but I'm hoping to do better because I see this as an opportunity to practice a craft that I never really got to go into. And again, that's that journalism piece. So I feel like this is my own way of becoming that newscaster, news broadcaster or whatnot. So anyway, uh, besides just not being able to fully commit Um, Also being single, completely single and not dealing with other people's property and you know, whatnot. So that's been a journey. Um, You know, if I'm being transparent for the last six years of my life, I was dealing with someone um, who wasn't always completely available to me. So, um, you know, after turning 40 and just realizing that I want better for myself, I see better for myself I slowly started walking backwards from that situation and um, it got to the point where as I was about to turn 41, which took place earlier this year, I just decided that I no longer wanted to entertain that relationship. i never really looked at it as a relationship until after the fact. Honestly, I've been processing it a whole lot and that's what you do in order to heal um, and move past things, you have to process and understand, try to understand why things happened the way that they did. But um, as I was doing so, I finally acknowledged the fact that I guess I was in a relationship for that long. And, um, you know, that once I did that, I realized that's not the type of relationship that I wanted to be in. So I moved past it. And and again, there are good days, there are bad days. Um, I am six months past the last time we've spoken. I've thought about that person. Numbers been changed and everything else. So, you know, I am doing the best I can and I continue to do good at it, if you ask me. (laughs) Uh, Besides that, you know, I've changed positions at work. Change has just been happening in 2022 and that's what I need. I always enjoy change, whether it's uh, planned change or unplanned change for the most part. I think we have to learn to embrace change at all times. And so that's one of the things that, you know, I've been able to do pretty well for myself. I've been able to create change for myself. Um, I did that by moving to Texas for the most part, leaving Atlanta, leaving everything I knew behind and, you know, coming to Texas to start a new career opportunity. And honestly, you know, looking back, um, I would do it all over again for the, aspects of my career, looking at it from the aspects of my career for the most part, and just being able to see how much I have grown professionally and uh, the network I've been able to create. You know, one of the things that's been keeping me busy is leading a statewide organization here in Texas. And so I never moved here from Georgia with that type of ambition. Um, I knew it was possible, but I never really went out and seeked it. You know, this was not a change in terms of running stuff. That wasn't necessarily a change that I went out and sought on my own. Some of the other things, you know, when I pressed forward on the move, um, it really just opened up opportunity that, you know, again, I never saw coming. So all of that is keeping me busy. The new position is keeping me busy. It is going back to what I went to school for, for the most part, marketing, public relations, doing things, again, that I enjoy. So I feel like even just practicing with this podcast working on my tone and things of that nature will continue to help me improve in my new landscape and my new career journey. So stay tuned for shenanigans regarding that. It's always a shenanigan, right? I still work for the same organization, so those same shenanigans still exist, but just new shenanigans on a day to day basis. So, yeah, that's kind of where I've been. Uh, Like I said, I'm going to try and do better with this craft. Uh, Practice makes perfect. I don't know what I'm aiming for with this podcast, but I am excited about the opportunity to really sit down. It forces me to plan to uh, put structure around around certain things and um, really stay focused on what's going on in our world, because a lot of stuff that I'm discovering um, that's happening, I I guess I've just had my head where I've had my head. So, (laughs) um, yeah. Moving on, some things that have happened since my last episode. Now, I know a million things have happened. I can't even begin to go through the last six months, you know, of black culture, of just culture period, but black culture especially and what's going on there. Um, If I did that, it would take forever. So, you know, I'm going to actually pause this for a moment. I have some rolls in the oven, actually some garlic knots in the oven that I need to go and rescue before they come out too hard and crispy. I don't want that. I want them nice, steamy, and hot. So I will return shortly. We'll take a quick break. So welcome back from that break. I had to stop, pause, and do some black things. You know, again, I was talking about how I want to grow and be all professional with this podcast in that first segment. But please believe there will be some black moments. There will be some moments where some words that if you're not around me consistently, um, you know, you might be shocked at some of the words that come out of my mouth. Some of the things and thoughts, phrases Um, Opinions that, you know, may come out of my mouth from time to time. And that's just because, again, this is a black podcast. I'm black. This is I mean, don't get me wrong. The podcast is for anybody, but I'm definitely coming from a black point of view. So with that in mind, before I left, um, you know, I told you that some things have happened for the culture. A lot of great things have happened Two that. I really want to point out. Um, one Kentonji Brown Jackson, the first black female Supreme Court justice. We have to shout her out just because this was a significant moment in our nation's history, becoming the first black Supreme Court justice, uh, first black female Supreme Court justice, I must say, nominated by President Joe Biden back in February, and she was finally confirmed and sworn in. Um, She was actually confirmed in April and then officially sworn in at the end of June. And so this was right after the uh, Roe versus Wade being overturned um, court case or whatever. Um, But even if she was it before or afterwards, actually, I can't recall, but either way, Her being added to the Supreme Court wouldn't have made a heck of a difference because it is still being ran by uh, majority conservative judges. So, you know, shout out to um, Judge Brown Jackson for, you know, just breaking that glass ceiling for black women. Keep going, black women. Speaking of black women. The Queen, she came back, you know, it is August 21st. This album has been having a chokehold from on me since it came out on July 29th, the queen Beyonce, she released act one Renaissance, her long awaited album since leaving us six years ago with lemonade, which was still an amazing album, but she came back completely different, completely um, just transforming the game. And the music is phenomenal. I, you know, don't get involved in what critics are saying. And when I say critics, really, I mean in, like, Black Twitter. Um, Black Twitter is always going to have something to say. Twitter, period, is always going to have something to say. But Black Twitter is dangerous. Y'all be doing the most. And so, you know, I understand that there are some critics out there who just are not feeling the music. And that is your right. That is your opinion. That is your point of view. That is what you are allowed to express if that's how you truly feel and if you out here jumping on a bandwagon after the fact you know that's again uh, i mean flip flop flip never mind listen to the album if you have not heard it and want to hear something fresh something to end summer with go into fall with go into a new year with i feel like this album is going to bang for the rest of 2022 and beyond because She hasn't even provided real full-length visuals for her music at this point. And so just excited to see how Renaissance is going to evolve as it continues to dominate my playlist. I can't speak for everyone else. I don't even know if the album went number one. I believe it did. Um, I did see something about the album going number one for maybe two or three weeks. So, you know, again... There are people out there listening and enjoying it. If you're not about that life, kudos to you. What else? I finally started a TikTok, guys. This is, I actually started it a long time ago. So I guess I should say I finally uploaded to my TikTok. I think I started it maybe six months ago, but just, I don't even, at the time, I wasn't even looking at TikTok for real, for real. I was not utilizing it. But what sparked it was the change in my position at work and the need to be more social to understand what's going on and if I'm going to be a marketing person um, and be in the field of marketing and communications. And so it just felt a need to get out there and really understand this whole TikTok. Plus, I just got tired of seeing like anytime I went to Facebook anyway or Instagram, um, most of the videos and reels that are coming through now have that TikTok stamp on it. So I just felt like, you know what, let me just go over here and see what's going on. I must say it's very interesting. I don't see myself doing the most. And when I say the most, you probably won't see me doing these TikToks with different outfit changes and whatnot. Um, I don't have time for that. But I will stitch some pictures together, <laughs> stitch some video together, and um, you know, give you a nice little TikTok there. So stay out, stay on the lookout for that. You can follow me at Mighty Quinn um, or the original Mighty Quinn. I'm sorry. Somebody took my Mighty Quinn name already on TikTok. So I had to put the original Mighty Quinn in front of that. And I believe that's what that is. But I'll double check and get back to you. And then finally, the major thing that has happened besides that breakup. You know, that was, again, a major thing. But since I've been gone, I have gotten a dog, folks. Yes, a dog and if you heard me in the last segment talking about making sure the environment was nice and you probably heard what sounded like somebody drinking water the entire time that was my dog birkin birkin is a seven month old golden retriever now and um i got her the end of march and yeah we've been living together since so she has been dominating the household for the most part she is very smart i will say very smart dog i didn't realize dogs well i knew dogs were smart but i guess because i was never really around a dog as consistently especially being in the house um, i didn't really realize how smart dogs can be so she's a joy to be around a pain to be around she's costing a lot of money costing a lot of money Um, And by that, I mean just by destroying my apartment. She's chewed a hole in the wall. She's eaten the baseboards. She's torn up the patio screen. She's done um, a lot of damage. But, you know, I get past it. Yes, I'm angry at times, but I get past it. And, um, you know, we figure it out. So that's Birkin. If you hear some craziness in the background, she doesn't really bark now that she's a little older. She does a lot of sniffing. Um, And so at this point, she's outside her crate. She may come near me and start sniffing. So if you hear that in the background, just ignore it. My hope is to keep her in her crate at times when I do record, though. So that's been the catch up, really, in terms of just some of the things that have been happening uh, since the last time we spoke to one another. And um, I'm looking forward again to just seeing what else is going to happen. Good, bad and ugly for us as a people for our country with the elections coming up. Lots of stuff could possibly um, bring about change. And so just stay aware, stay listening and stay um, in tune with what's going on out there in the world. So I will take another quick break before coming back, giving you a few news updates, things that I find are finding interesting as um, the news cycle is never ending. Right. All right. Be back on the other side. Hey, so welcome back. Man, we have almost gotten away from COVID. And I don't know what I mean by almost gotten away. Y'all know what I mean. Like, it's slowing down. People are getting vaccinated. Things are happening. We back outside. However... Now it's monkeypox we have to be concerned about. It is one thing after another, it seems. And so I'm sure you all are aware of, you know, some of the concerns with monkeypox right now. Just the videos that are popping up. Did y'all see the, the man that went to McDonald's and pulled up to the drive through knowing he had monkeypox filmed himself? Like, just the ridiculousness of people. We have too much to worry about at this point. And, you know... The vaccine situation for monkeypox, it's not the most welcoming situation right now. There are talks about how there is racial disparity with this um, monkeypox vaccine distribution. And I feel like I've been a witness to that. I actually got my first dose last weekend And I'm here in Dallas, Texas. And so I went down to what is definitely the south side of Dallas, the the more hood side, black side. Um, And there was a vaccine drive on that side of town. I kid you not, most of the people that were in line were white. And so, you know, it's already lacking as far as supply is concerned. And they, I'm sure whoever put that vaccine drive together were trying to target that area for a reason. And to know that majority of the people that were in line receiving it were white. I don't know. I'm just curious to know how like the message got out. Were they not going door to door knocking on doors in that specific neighborhood regarding the vaccine? But these are things that we have to worry about. Monkeypox, you know, nobody wants those scars. Nobody wants to be um, ridiculed and, and be put into a box in terms of maybe your behavior is going to become questionable should you get monkeypox so i've seen a lot of stories where people feel feel the need to justify how they feel like they got it um you know and so it's it's just another one of those things that like covid can get out of hand when it comes to the fear factor of it again don't get me wrong i don't want it either but you know we have to be careful and educate ourselves a little bit more better as to how this thing can Um, be contracted and who can actually get it, you know, and that's any and everybody through different types of behavior. So, you know, if there's a vaccine opportunity near you, please, please take advantage of it. Um, The vaccine itself, you know, it does create like a little bump on your arm. I'm still seven days outside of my first vaccination and I still have this bump. I know somebody else who still has the bump, so it's not just me um but yes the monkeypox vaccine if it's available definitely take advantage of it Serena Williams she is one of my favorite favorite athletes i think the greatest athlete of all time the absolute greatest i mean let's just run down some of her stats when it comes to the great serena williams um you know 23 Uh, grand slams, 23 grand slams. That is amazing. 23 doubles titles, four Olympic gold medals. Um, She has 73 singles titles. And so why am I running down her stats? If you didn't know, Serena is stepping away from the game of tennis. She doesn't necessarily like to call it retirement, but you know, she's making some choices, some decisions here. I believe Serena is about 40 or maybe going on 41. I think we're about the same age as if we went to school together or something. Um, That would have been pretty dope, though. I love Serena. She's the reason why why I watch tennis the way I do. Um, I I almost feel like even though I was born in the Arthur Ashe era and, you know, I did I do recall seeing Arthur Ashe on TV, I almost feel like it was Serena and Venus who really introduced me to the game of tennis and made me want to really get out there and play the game. And so, you know, Serena is stepping away. Um, because she, you know, she told Vogue that she never wanted to have to choose between tennis and a family. And she doesn't think it's fair, you know, if she was a guy, she wouldn't even have to consider these options at this point. And so, you know, um and and by that, you know, we have Federer who is, I think, in his late 30s and still playing and, you know, he's taking a break and he has all these titles. He's, you know, um, like Djokovic and Nadal, all of those three guys are well into their late 30s, maybe even close to early 40, um, and still able to just give the game a go through injury, through raising kids, raising family. But Serena doesn't have that luxury as a woman. And so I wish her well. I've always wanted to see her. I wish I could have the opportunity to see her before she closes out her career. She's expected to close it out at this year's U.S. Open up in New York City. So that's going to be phenomenal. Um, I believe it starts next weekend. So uh, I will be glued in front of a TV to watch what could potentially and what will probably be her last and final match at the great U.S. Open here in America. So what a way to close out a career, a stellar career, a phenomenal career. Um, Just really excited to see Serena go out on top the way she is. One of the verses that did not happen is actually about to happen. You know, there was a lot of talk about Sean Combs, also known as Diddy, and Jermaine Dupri um, going head to head in versus, you know, a whole bad boy versus so-so deaf battle. And it is going to happen. Just not under versus. I had no clue that versus was pretty much put on halt because the people who ended up purchasing versus from Swiss Beats and Timbaland have not paid these fools. So give them their money. It's like a $28 million dollar lawsuit out there that they're trying to get this money from triller and um i recall when they switched over from like i guess instagram to triller or i don't know if triller became a a official sponsor or what but i do recall that switch and something told me in my mind i was like "Mm, something ain't right about this something don't feel good about it um it you know for whatever reason I guess I just felt like no one had really heard of Triller or people had heard of it, but it didn't seem like it was a platform that a lot of people gravitated towards at that point. So I was shocked that they even made the move. I felt like there had to be somebody more interesting, like Apple Music. It actually used to come on Apple versus the versus episodes would come on Apple. And I think that stopped once Triller came um, into the picture. So I don't know, Apple, maybe you all just messed it up, ruined it. You could have offered a better deal if you did offer a deal. I know Instagram was a heavy hitter in terms of the versus episodes as well. So, you know, Instagram, you guys could have stepped it up. I don't know, anybody, everybody. But again, their Jermaine Dupree versus Diddy battle is going to happen um, soon. I don't even know what date that is, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I love both of those their catalogs in terms of the music, of course, Mariah being one of my favorite. And so being that um, JD will be able to pull a lot of Mariah out of his bag if he desires, he's got the brat, you know, he's got a lot of great music behind him when it comes to R&B. He's got um, Jagged Edge, he's got um, Escape, you know, music he's done for those ladies. And so on Diddy's side, you know, who does he have? 112, you know, total. Um, Faith Evans when it comes to soloists. So it's going to be an amazing, amazing um, battle. They're not even calling it a battle. They're calling it a celebration, I believe. You know, again, they don't want to mention verses or have anything to do with verses at this point because of what's going on. And so verses give them their money or Triller, whoever it is, give them their money so that they can take back what's theirs. That's the problem. We always get what what's ours stolen from us. So that's, that's where we're at with that. Um, I don't know if y'all have noticed, but it's a lot of shake up in TV right now. And in terms of, you know, just TV shows being canceled or, or not even spoken of anymore. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the Warner and I think it's Warner Discovery Um their merger here lately, that has been causing a lot of major shakeups. And so shows that I was looking forward to, like Chad returning to TBS, that's no longer, there's a lot of shows that are affected by like the TBS, TNT landscape. So if you're like fans of those types of shows and you've been wondering where they're at at this point, how come they haven't come back? Where did they go? You might've saw promos um, for the return of these shows and then all of a sudden nothing Well, it has every bit to do with this Warner Brothers Discovery merger. And so it's even to the point where it's affecting Oprah Winfrey's network, the OWN network, folks. Um, I I didn't think Oprah could be touched, but guess what? (laughs) Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery lays off four leading OWN executives. And so who knows what that's going to do for the landscape of OWN, I know ever since Tyler Perry joined Netflix, um, a lot of his shows have fallen off of the Own Network. Um, I don't even know if he's still working with Netflix heavily. I don't subscribe to Netflix at this point. I know he does a lot for BET, BET Plus as well. So, um, you know, but I'm not sure what this means for Discovery moving down the line, what this means for Own moving down the line. OWN has a lot of reality TV shows. And I know cost-wise, it's cheaper to produce reality TV versus scripted shows. And so I imagine that a lot of the scripted shows that we're used to seeing on Oprah will probably end up taking a back backseat. Um, and that's, those are some good shows. You got like Queen Sugar. Um, I think it's called the what? Book of David, maybe? I hadn't watched that one, but I heard it's great, a great TV Um, And so I'm, I'm curious to see how scripted TV takes a hit with this merger. So we'll stay tuned for that. Another crazy story, Mariah Carey's Atlanta home was broken into while she was on vacation. Yes, yes, this is a result of, you know, celebrities posting where they're at all the time on their social media. And that tips off robbers, you know, but if you haven't heard, there's been a string of, robbers hitting up celebrity homes in the Atlanta area. Marlo Hampton from Real Housewives of Atlanta, her house was burglarized recently. I feel like a rapper of some sort, his home was burglarized recently. Um and now you have Mariah Carey, the greatest of all time in my opinion, whose Atlanta home was burglarized. I know a lot of people didn't even realize she had a home in Atlanta. I believe she bought it maybe back in December, so she hasn't lived in Atlanta or had this residence for that long. Actually, it says it was purchased in November of 2021 for $5.65 million. Um, The nine-bedroom, 13-bathroom home features a pool, tennis court, and playground. I imagine that house is everything that it needs to be. Um, But, you know, when you're posting online where you're at, people are watching. So do be careful. I hope things go well for Mariah. I'm looking forward to a new album. And um, yeah, we've got to do that. Finally, I don't know that I have a lot of time to do this because I was trying to keep this podcast under a certain amount of time. But that season two of P-Valley, it finally came to an end last week. I don't know how I felt about that season finale It was a lot going on, a lot of departures, a lot of stories that were closed, I think. A lot of stories (laughs) were just left wide open. Um, And so it's going to be interesting to see how this season three takes place with, you know, some of the character changes. You got, for instance, the young lady who plays Autumn Knight. You know, she did her final scene, her final episode was actually that episode. I didn't know she was leaving, but uh, Elerica Johnson is her name and um, you know she she is out the door she played Autumn Knight or Haley or all the other names Lakeisha Savage all those different names that she came with Um, and she sort of came in and shook things up but you know her character it was getting interesting to see how it was evolving I guess those last three or four episodes especially this last episode it was like well what is she going to do now and as she you know Again, this is a spoiler alert if you have not seen it, but as she exited or her character exited, I kind of felt like that was it. I, I couldn't see how they were going to move forward with her. And so it makes sense reading articles after the fact that she was leaving. Now, Keyshawn. I thought Keyshawn was leaving for some reason. Maybe, maybe for whatever reason, I read something wrong and thought one character was the other. But I ended up seeing an Instagram post earlier this year And it looked as if Keyshawn had just did her last filming or last episode or whatever based off the post. Not necessarily the case, I don't think, because it looks like she'll be back. Um, But the way her story ended or the way season two ends with her story. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. And that's all I can really say. Um, Yeah. It's nasty. I don't want to get into that. Honestly, I don't even know why I put that on here. We'll we'll save that for another episode. But Little Murder, you know, the character uh, played by J. Alfonso Nicholson. Amazing, amazing season. He had the ups and downs of his, his emotions and understanding those emotions. Just it's crazy how that man is able to play that character And, you know, if you, again, are watching the show, you know he plays a down-low rapper, if you will, um, that's into the character Uncle Clifford. They have a relationship, sexual relationship, intimate relationship, interesting relationship. Um, But, you know, the way he plays that character is beyond anything I think I've seen on television, really. Um, Knowing that he is truly playing a character, that is not his life, that is not his lifestyle, but the way he was able to just embed himself into Little Murder this season, dealing with suicide, dealing with his own um, identity issues, dealing with the music, dealing with what's next, you know, having these uh, issues concerning just his overall life and what he wants out of it just amazing amazing to see him um play that and so you know everybody's been on the media run here lately character wise i've seen a lot of articles with some of the characters or uh actors i should say that play these characters just you know giving information as to um what's next for them and what you know how they are able to play off these characters the way they are it's just amazing so if you get some time go out there research check those folks out and um Stay tuned for season three. I can't wait to get into that. So speaking of, you know, little murder and him going through the emotions, um, when we come back, we're going to jump into our mindful zone segment and really just take some time to jump into emotional intelligence and what that looks like for me, what it could look like for you um, and really have a quick conversation, dialogue on some resources that might benefit you in your journey of emotional intelligence, if that's something you are thinking about. So we'll be back, go through that segment and then close out. What it was is I was introduced to the concept of emotional intelligence. And that kind of blew my mind. That opened so many doors for me. Because I'm like, wow, like we really wasn't taught this. How important it is to identify your own emotions in relation to the people around you. You know what I'm saying? Like, shit, we might just wake up in a bad mood and you wearing that mood. And now your household is feeling that mood. That was a clip from Joey Badass, who was on The Breakfast Club recently is talking about his discovery of emotional intelligence. That is a journey that I too have been on this year. Like I went into 2022 being intentional about some of the things that I was about to change. And I needed to understand how that was going to affect me emotionally. Um, I've been always curious about my emotions. I think as a Pisces, I just am naturally emotional but i think when people think of pisces they think of like this romantic emotion behind who we are um, that we're you know in la la land and caught up uh you know within the emotions of romance but that's not necessarily the case we're just um highly emotional people anyway but you know all beings are emotional you know there are just some who understand and recognize their emotions a little bit better. And so I've intentionally sought out that information, just trying to understand what it is I'm going through. I heard a long time ago on a podcast that one of the things that person who was speaking, one of the things that she does every day when she wakes up is really try to process the emotion that she is feeling at the, that time, really understand that emotion and and why is she feeling that or experiencing that emotion? And so that's something I try to do every day that I wake up, you know, just trying to understand: did I not get enough sleep and that's why I'm feeling the way I feel? You know, did someone send me a text that made me feel good, and that's why I, I feel the way I feel, you know. So emotions aren't a bad thing, they are just a way of life, they are going to come throughout the day and it's just something that we have to learn to deal with and so again how do we do that you know just what is emotional intelligence understanding what that even is and so just um googling it for yourself real quick if you desire but what i have in front of me it just basically says emotional intelligence is the ability to understand and manage your own emotions and those of the people around you so and that's according to daniel goldman an american psychologist and so, um, again, that's all it is. It's just understanding and being able to manage your own emotions. So um, one of the things that helps me on a day-to-day basis is meditation. You know, meditation is a form of emotion for instance, or managing emotion. Um, for a lot of people, they don't understand what an emotion is. It's more than just anger, happiness, sadness. You know, anxiety is an emotion, worry, which is different from anxiety, is an emotion. Um, you know, again, just there are several different types of emotions out there. Um, and I'll even share a resource with you that I have um, that's really helping me to understand these emotions shortly. But it says, what makes up emotional intelligence? Intelligence. There's self-reflection. There's self-soothing. And then you have to have empathy. So you know, again, are you able to reflect on yourself? You know, are you able to reflect on your journey and be okay with whatever that reflection is providing? When we look in the mirror and we see something, if we see a scar, a bump or whatever, you know, we immediately are trying to fix it. Um, But at the same time, you know, the the fix could cause more damage. And so you have to understand with that self-reflection piece, See it, recognize it, and let it begin to heal. You know, let the fix come differently when it comes to some of those um, emotions that require self-reflection. Self-soothing. How are you feeling? Are you okay with the the idea of pushing through this alone? You know, providing self-soothing for the for the need to go through that piece of getting and understanding. Your emotional intelligence and then empathy. How do you care for what's around you? The things that you're hearing about seeing as others are going through. um, Do you have the empathy there to put down your issues and understand what someone else is doing in that moment? And so those, again, are just some quick tips about um, emotional intelligence and things that um, really, really help could help us. As we just go through our journeys, you know, as young black boys, we're taught not to experience the emotions, not to let the emotions sit with us, stop that crying, you know, because the upsetness, what people don't realize is the reason I'm crying is probably due to an emotion I'm experiencing as a young child that I'm not able to really even label at that point. I don't know how I'm feeling because I'm not allowed to feel that way at this point. You've taken that expression from me when you were telling a young child to be quiet, stop that crying, little boys don't cry, blah, blah, blah. So we have to change the tone a little bit when it comes to how we allow our young people to Um, express themselves. A lot of that emotion is built up over time and we can't navigate through our life without understanding how to process those emotions. Even in my adulthood, I sit here today and I say, you know, I'm not able to experience relationships the way I want to because I haven't been able to really Find the right words to express the emotion that I'm feeling in those moments, those heated moments, or even in those non-heated moments, those good moments. Um, I let a lot of things pass by in terms of sharing how I feel, good or bad. You know, I just sit there and take it. And I know I'm not the only one. If you're listening to this, we sit there and take it instead of expressing ourselves in that moment. There is nothing wrong with your expression if you know how to do it. And so, again, going through that emotional um, intelligence journey, seeking the right words is going to be helpful. I'm I'm reading a book now called Atlas of the Heart by uh, Brene Brown. A lot of you are familiar with Brene Brown. She has done a lot of great work. Um, I, have learned about her maybe about five years ago through Oprah, really, but she has a book that she is, um, I think it was released last year, maybe late last year. Um, Atlas of the Heart. I just started reading it earlier this year. I'm not the best when it comes to committing to a book either. So I've had this book for about four months now, maybe three months Um, It's an easy read, but I just I'm not committed to the idea of anything at this point. So it's tough for me to really finish. But what I have read has helped me really understand some of the things that I'm going through. Um, She looks at 87 different emotions and really tries to define what it means to be human through those different emotions. So I remember and I'll share it with you here. I got to the chapter. Let me see what this chapter is called. This is chapter six, and it's places we go when we're hurting. So each chapter is framed, about, framed around um, places we go. It's an atlas, right? So it's framed around places we go when we're experiencing different things. So this particular one was hurting, and I got to anguish. And again, it's really just a dictionary of, <laughs> of terms, but it, it's, it's very helpful in, in trying to describe things that we're going through. So when I got to anguish, It says, anguish not only takes away our ability to breathe, feel, and think, it comes for our bones. Anguish often causes us to physically crumple and own ourselves, literally bringing us to our knees or forcing us all the way to the ground. The element of powerlessness is what makes anguish traumatic. We are unable to change, reverse, or negotiate what has happened. And even in those situations where we can temporarily reroute anguish with to-do list and task, it finds its way back to us. That hit so hard when I read that because I specifically remember discovering some information in 2019 that brought me down. Took me out almost to the point where I just I, I couldn't express. I couldn't go on. I had to take a couple of days of just Living away from people, being away from people so I could process those emotions. I think that was the first time in my adulthood that I felt like I couldn't break free. I couldn't get out of a situation without facing it head on. It was going to take me down within a week. It felt like if I didn't just address it and to know that I couldn't put phrases around it or a name around it, I couldn't name that thing um, at the time. But looking back and knowing that I was experiencing anguish, Um, that's exactly what it was. The word itself sounds (laughs) like it's trouble, like it's hurtful. So that's exactly what it was. Um, Again, this book is called Atlas of the Heart from Brene Brown. I encourage you to check it out if this is a journey that you want to be on. And it's not a quick journey at all. This is a lifelong journey because you're going to have emotions every day, good, bad, indifferent. You're going to experience them be experiencing them every day. So um, I encourage you all to check the book out. If you're interested, Google emotional intelligence, if you're interested, um, you know, check out the interview with Joey Badass. It was some other great things on that interview um, as well. So check that out. And um, that's really all I have for you this week. I'm excited to be back. Um, so I ask that you please come back next week and hear about how I almost fell out the patio door um, and probably would have went over the balcony had the glass door not kept me in. But yeah, we'll talk about that next week. In the meantime, please be kind to yourself. And um, as one of my favorite people, Tapped the Brown, would say, make love your business. Have a great week. Welcome to the Black and Mindfully Unbothered podcast with Dion Christopher a podcast that offers a blend of news, wellness, and a slight kiki from time to time. On this segment, we're going to get into the catch-up and where have I been this whole time. We're also going to talk about things that happened while I was away. Then, of course, we'll get into some black, mindfully unbothered news, followed by your mindful zone before we close out the show. So kick back, get ready to laugh, and stay tuned. Welcome to the Black and Mindfully Unbothered Podcast with Dion Christopher, a podcast that offers a blend of news, wellness, and a slight kiki from time to time. On this segment, we're going to get into the catch-up and where have I been this whole time. We're also going to talk about things that happened while I was away. Then of course, we'll get into some Black Mindfully Unbothered news, followed by your mindful zone before we close out the show. So kick back. Get ready to laugh and stay tuned.